Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Illini guy, Mike Kegley. I'm here with Tony Altimore, a business consultant, uh, and he does a lot of business strategies, and he has a lot of experience in working pro bono with some undergrad fraternities that are trying to get back on campus after dealing with hazing incidents. So we thought we would bring him on to talk a little bit about what's going on at Northwestern. I would like to put a couple disclaimers in this. You know, when you're in these situations, you can that are very sad. You can either laugh or cry. Sometimes we choose to laugh. We don't take this uh, very lightly at all. We think it's very serious. And uh, we also don't have any inside information. So if you think you're going to get inside information on what's going on at Northwestern, that's not it. But we will talk a little bit about uh, some of the ways that uh, hazing gets dealt with and how um, similar type of organizations have tried to make their way back into uh, normal college life after incidents like this. So if you want to just hold on for a second, we'll be right back with Tony Altimore. Are you looking to grow your business? Do that with the Illini Guys Radio Network by broadcasting on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. We have over 20 stations, including stations in Chicago, St. Louis, Champaign, Decatur, Springfield, Bloomington, the Quad Cities, Rockford, Peoria, Marion, Quincy, and Jacksonville, amongst others. You can reach over 11 million people in the state of Illinois by partnering with us. Send me an email mike at IlliniGuys.com, and let's find a way that we can build your business together. Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is a little bit of a special episode here. This is Illini guy Mike Kegley, and we are, we, we're joined by Tony Altimore, who is a strategy consultant who has worked with companies across the spectrum for years and we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on up at Northwestern. Look, um, you know, there may be a moment where, you know, you deal with really horrible things with humor because that's a way to try to um, just deal with what you're seeing. And I don't want to at all look like we're trying to go after the school or, um, you know, Basically, we, there is a due process question that will need to be answered as these allegations, you know, are out there. Um, and it's a serious subject. At the same time, there's a lot of very interesting, um, you know, dilemmas that need to be resolved by the school as they rapidly approach the football season, which is the revenue driver for college sports, you know, in general and the Big Ten and Northwestern in particular. So I am going to welcome uh, Tony Altimore, uh, folks who are fans of Big Sports Radio or the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular have heard uh, Tony on there multiple times. He's one of our favorite guests. And uh, when Tony and I get to chatting, it can get a little bit long-winded, but we're going to have some fun here. Um, Tony, just uh, I know there's a million directions you could go, but as a strategy consultant, where where do you where do you go first? So my first thought, so uh, for you guys, you guys would have no way of knowing this. Um, I actually for twenty years have been a volunteer, a national board member, a advisor, and uh, do a lot of pro bono work to support an undergraduate fraternity. And so I've worked with lots and lots and lots of groups around the country uh, who've had who in rebuilding i don't i don't deal with their problem time but i help them deal with the rebuilding after they have had hazing problems with universities and usually been kicked off and so i i've seen the aftermath of these these events and worked with schools including worked with a this our student group at northwestern university who has had a lot of i think twice in since I graduated college, they've been kicked off or something for misbehavior. So I worked, I think I've worked with them twice in Northwestern. Wow. So uh, it takes a while to stick. Well, well, the thing is, is so if first of all, let's let's look at if we think about what happened in Northwestern, let's be clear, guys. When we say hazing, we're talking about sexual assault. We're talking about uh let me just be, I'm gonna be very crass, but I won't get you demonetized, but we're talking about uh group group locker room humping in masks. 
We're talking about naked shower car wash, which involves everybody spinning around, dingling, swinging, and you got to go through all the guys. Like, I mean, a, a lot of the stuff that went on, it was abuse, it was harassment, it was sexual assault. So we're going to call it hazing, you know, because that's the that's the right word. But it is we are talking about the accusations, which have been vetted by 11 players. So uh, there was an accusation by some people that it was only one player. No, it was 11 players have confirmed the the harassment and hazing and, and sexual assault. The university and its lawyers have confirmed it was naked and sexual and all kinds of things. I mean, we're talking like forcing like the freshmen to take naked snaps up in each other's crotches. And I mean, just unacceptable behavior yeah. and stuff that. Again, any other student would get kicked out of Northwestern. So here's what would normally happen. If this was a student organization, this is a fraternity, the organization would be kicked off for five years until every member had graduated. Uh, then the students involved would be subjected to discipline procedures for hazing and sexual assault on campus. A lot of them would transfer away from the school. Uh, if this were any sport other than football, and we've seen this with lots of sports around the country, you don't hear about it a lot, but it does happen. So it happened at New Mexico State last year. In the middle of the season, they and it was, I believe it was a hazing thing, wasn't it? Yeah, the basketball program. The yep. basketball team. So they just, in February or January, when it became up, they just canceled the season. The And, and I mean, that really is what should happen here. Because the problem is, it's not just the coaches. So the coaches are responsible. 100%. But the players did it. Yeah. Like the players are the ones who did it. You know, if you got in the shower and swung your dingling to hit other people, it, assuming that that is what happened, again, the lawyers have confirmed that these are the types of things that went on, then you did that. And you need to be held accountable for that as, as a player. And, and if you did that, you have no place as on a Big Ten football field playing against Illinois. You have no place. Uh, at the university at Northwestern University. At Northwestern is an awesome school. The people at Northwestern are some of the best people I have ever known in my life. My friends who went to the Kellogg School are some of the literally some of the greatest people I've ever known in my life. So North, this this has no place at Northwestern. And and good people can do dumb stuff. Yeah. You know, I I mean th this is the thing guys. Again, the kids that I've worked with at these schools, I've gotten to know some of the kids who did some terrible stuff. And we're just wrecked by it inside. Like, and they were great people. So Pat Fitzgerald is maybe a, I'm told he's a phenomenal guy. People talk about him as a great leader. Absolutely. But he has failed. He failed to protect these kids from sexual assault. I mean, it's really the same debate about that we had at Penn state. Um, you know, you've had it at Ohio state. You've, we've had, I mean, we've seen these types of things around the country. So this is not new. And and it's it's real it's really really sad. So I mean your first your first our first question is what do they do again? Any other sport you would just cancel the season. Here you've got tens of millions of dollars in the line. You've got ninety thousand people coming to see Northwestern play Nebraska. Yeah. I, I don't know, Mike. What do you think? Do you, do you do you cancel the season? I, you know, giving giving the the a, a bye to those teams who are. Um, have uh, Northwestern on the schedule. It, it, everything in me. As and a, by the way, this is an awful team, so it might as well be. Yeah. A buy. Well, but it, it's still you know. There's a part of me that goes against that, saying you know, um, the players who, you know, if there are you know innocents, the guys who tried to get away from it, you know, may, maybe should be allowed to play. Um, you know, uh, again, I, I would have to. I would probably go back and look at precedent. But boy, you're looking when you look at the Big Ten and you look at the different networks, um, not broadcasting those games is going to really I mean, you talk about putting your money where your mouth is. There's going to be a lot of compensation, whether it's free ads somewhere else or paybacks, you know, if if you if you lose, you know, nine Big Ten games out of that contract. That's a that's a chunk. Plus other plus the non-conference games? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that you know I guess in nowadays world, you know, it's not like the old days every single game is on TV. So you that means you got 12, 12 sets of makeups for a, a game that's 3 hour 3 and a half hours long with, you know, 2 minute breaks. 
and skybox is sold all over the conference yeah you know pe- people people your fans have made trips so it, you know it becomes a money and and and, and mike and we were talking a little before you brought up the point uh i mean so so the obvious answer which is probably what's going to have to happen is they're gonna have to figure out what players are responsible and get them off the team probably it's going to be a lot of your older guys going to be your your seniors and your team leaders which means you're dealing with a baby team who's inexperienced and brand new coaches they're going to get killed and and yeah. mike pointed out as we were we were chatting like is this a health and safety issue i mean yeah. i don't, and, and the other thing is too is uh and let's i don't know who we can pick on let's pick on i don't know let's pick on illinois Illinois is a great school, but like if Illinois really needed to scrounge some people out of the transfer portal, you could do it. These Northwestern kids have got to have 1350 SATs or 1400 SATs. So, you know, Northwestern can't just go out and find anybody. Right. I don't, I don't know the answer. Yeah. And and the, the thing is, is there's, you're fraught with peril on any, any way that you go on this. You have the massive monetary, which, which look, we're not trying to say money is, is above everything else, but there are bills that have to be paid, so to speak. So you have to at least look at that part of it. Um, The other thing is, is you have players that you want to protect and, and they should be safe. And, and I'll tell you what, um, there's, there's not anything much scarier in the big 10 than, than putting, you know, 11 inexperienced players up against that, Iowa defense that's so good and then expecting something bad not to happen in that I mean, respect. This is a game I I mean I hook and score offensive touchdowns against whatever 18-year-olds <laughs> Northwestern's able to throw out there. Yeah, if uh, uh, uh Brian Ferrens may, may be able to make his bonus in one game. <laughs> one game. <laughs> I had 180 game. points, you know, that yeah. week at, at Northwestern. Just that this week. offense was clicked. It's true. It's true. We don't, and we don't mean to make, I mean, we, we, we laugh because we, you know, it helps us cope with a sad situation, but yeah, you it, either laugh or you cry, right? You have to laugh or you cry. And it, yeah. it's, and it's sad. Well, my little light just exploded there. Um, sorry about folks, that. Things got a lot folks. Things got a lot brighter for yeah, Kobe. a lot brighter. <laughs> the light light came on. Um, well, but it you know it's it's just a sad a sad circumstance for Northwestern and and sad for the Big Ten. I mean, another thing too is the Big Ten has dealt with sexual problems, and it, and I I think that you know the patience has worn out in the conference in a lot of ways as well. So this is going to have to be dealt with. And now Northwestern, I mean, they got they're going. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what you do. Do you just do you try to cobble it together with? some acting players and an acting coach and whatever, and then just replace them all at the end of the year. It's a tough one. And, you know, ultimately you, you look at this and, and I think the, the area that you've got to really look at is, is, you know, you've got a couple things going on. One is there's, there's gotta be a due process for these players because we have found, let's, let's be honest. We've found in the past, there are incidences that were reported horrifically early on, didn't have quite this level of corroboration, but um, you know, that, that it turned out that things were not as they looked. Yeah. So, so due process is an important component of this. How do you manage a season during this due process? You know, you, it's, it's just, people don't understand, you know, what it means to compete in the big 10 unless, you know, you're either around these athletes a lot, or you're one of these athletes and, and to stay in, in prime physical condition um, and to be focused on a group of, of opponents week in and week out that, that wants to defeat you as much as they possibly can. And you have to do that while you're being deposed, while you're trying to go to classes at one of the more difficult universities in the country, and you're you're working on making sure that you tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing yeah. but the truth. And, and I mean, and you're also dealing with the fact that, like, let's be honest, the entire Duke student section is going to be in, like, beige Speedos and purge masks, you know, harassing you. Like, the... It will be brutal 
for you know the, for the for those players. I mean, it's th- this is going to stick around for years. Yeah, and and so just it's not gonna it's it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly for the school. And and you have I mean you have a president now. The president and the other thing is too is the athletic department. I don't know if you also heard there are now racial harassment problems that have come out. Yes, significant racial issues. The baseball team today was reported as toxic workplace complaints against the baseball team. So the whole Northwestern athletic department is, and, 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 and I'll tell you guys, when, when this stuff happens, cause again, I've seen this in organizations. I've seen it all when it, you know, the phrase, when it rains, it pours, but people pile on. Right. Exactly. You know, anybody, which we're seeing. Yes. Yeah. Anybody that ever had a problem is going to pile it on here. Uh, I, I know a lion eye fans are, are not shedding as many tears as other folks to see a little doom for. North you know, I, I will tell you though that that going to the Illini guys' boards and stuff that you know, look, Fitzy beat the snot out of Illinois more often than not. But you know, you look at this and and it's it's more you know you you just you don't really know what to do. It's kind of overwhelming. You know, you, nobody wants to, you want to beat your opponents on the field fair and square. You don't want this to happen. Yeah. You don't want this to happen. And to be honest with you, you know, I read a, um, one of the, the kids who was in, or one of now he's a, uh, obviously a man, but, but had, who had counseling issues um, long after this. Um, and, and he took him five years before he was able to watch a football game after he graduated. And I think about a kid and the excitement that you have when you watch a kid with his mom and dad on either side and his high school coach as he's signing that letter that he's going to go play at Northwestern or any other school. It doesn't have to be. And that excitement that he had of going there. And then the fact that that choice worked out in such a fashion that four years later he was happy to be gone and he wouldn't watch football for another five years. Sad. And you read that and your heart goes out and people go, Oh, he didn't watch football. Look, I, I understand that there's, there's tragedies worse in life, but you don't measure it by, well, you know, it wasn't as bad as the guys who tried to go down and look at the Titanic. You know, you don't measure everything against the worst possible thing. But when you think about it, let's, let's pivot that. And also nobody forced them. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, and, and you think about, you think about it, if if it was your son or your daughter who got put into a situation like that, and because of the peer pressure, because of the pressure, because of a lot of things, um, for whatever reason, weren't able to get themselves free of that. And you, you think to yourself, my goodness, um, uh, you know, you, you, you just, it's hard to believe. And, and, how the heck does it, how the heck does hazing, which kind of starts off as, oh, you know, this is some tradition that'll make you tougher. How does it end up with Where the they car wash? Up. Yeah. How does that happen? And that's the hard thing. Cause what happens a lot of times this thing starts off and it's stupid or it's funny or it's mildly problematic, you know, and it not, not a big deal. And then the next year they do something else that's a little bit more. And the next year they do something else that's a little bit more. And then the next year they take it to a new level. And so the the thing is to it with when kids think about what's a tradition, you know, the, and we see this in fraternities all the time. So the, the, it's, it's a two year lifespan, right? Because the freshmen are oblivious and don't know what's happening. And the seniors are usually like often a little bit of la la land, so it's being run by the juniors, the sophomores and the juniors. And, and so you're really, you're looking at a two-year lifespan of when they think of we've always done X. Right. Well, no, you haven't. You did it one time. You did it last year. Or, oh, you, you did it last year and you did one other thing the year before. And you actually don't know what happened before that. So how this stuff, ex- this stuff could explode over a, over a period of time. But this Northwestern has found that this stuff occurred over many years. And and and, fit, and Coach Fitzgerald, who may be a phenomenal guy, and I think he is a phenomenal guy, I greatly respected him, and and as have the entire Northwestern community. Um, I got bad news for you. He he certainly, if 
he certainly had some idea that this stuff was going on. You can't, you cannot be the head coach for 17 years. And this kind of crap, this degree of crap is going on for many years. And you have no idea. I mean, and I, and I understand because one of the other things with a head coach is that you have to give the locker room space as head coach. There, there has to be some degree of space, but this kind of stuff can't happen in that space. And it was interesting. I was actually talking to my dad about it. My dad played for Duffy at Michigan state. And he was, my dad was thinking about this and he said, heck in 1966, he's like, we, we were never alone in the locker room between GAs and equipment managers and custodians and towel people and coaches and scouts. He's like, I can't, he was thinking about it. He said, I can't ever think of a time in 1966 that we were alone in the locker room. And if you think about how many people are involved in a football program today, relative to 1966, how many, I mean, you should see the USC, well, there's probably 300 people that work for USC football, you know, as far as scouts and analysts and G, you know, all the training staff and the nutritionists. I mean, these people are around. And for this degree of stuff to be going on, it permeated, it had to permeate the department. You cannot get away with this stuff in secret. Do you think the shoes to, you know, one of the shoes that could drop is that they weren't necessarily alone when these things. Oh, there's no way. There's no, there's just, again, I mean, have you seen, I mean, I've seen their locker room facility, that type of thing takes a zillion equipment managers and people and GA who didn't speak up. Right. And so that, then you start to get also with some real interesting questions, which we can't answer here. You and I, uh, which is to what ethical degree. So first of all, your first question is going to be the people that, that were okay with it, that uh, didn't, that, you know, that kind of allowed it or that actually pushed it have to go players, coaches, whoever. But then there's another level of like equipment managers who didn't say anything. And what's their responsibility? Yeah, it, and and that is a tough one. I mean, l- let's also branch out for a second here because this could have went away as just, oh, yeah, coach, you know, kids were being kids. Coach got a two-week suspension. What about this? It almost did. Exactly. What about this intrepid group of Northwestern journalists, not this is this is not, you know, somebody from the Chicago Tribune, but but students. Yes, students who were digging around and found this. Well, so first of all, there are four schools in this country, Mizzou, Columbia, Syracuse, and most of all, pretty much the number one journalism school on the planet, Northwestern. The Medill School at Northwestern, and Mike knows Mike knows this, uh, but for anybody you, you guys who don't know, the Medill School at Northwestern is like the most esteemed elite journalism school, prop probably in the world, I would say. Okay. Uh, in, in fact, it's a joke that people are like, "Oh, if you you know if you meet someone from Medill, don't worry, they'll tell you in the first two seconds." You know, I mean, it's <laughs> it, it, it's if you're not a Medill student, you know, and you talk. It's it's sort of like Wharton students get that same criticism. I'll right. be honest. And so do HBS. But the Medill School is world class. And so, like, if you're going to do boneheaded things, you can get away with it maybe at Auburn, but you absolutely can't are not going to get away with that little, like, half-hearted, oh, there was some hazing problems, and we did a six – we had Art Fox do a six-month – that's the other thing is, by the way, guys, this didn't just come out. Aren't Fox has had lawyers crawling through that football team for six months of investigation. So this so, was, this didn't just come out. So where it does, is, so you've got a group of intrepid journalists who, who probably will, will, this will be a feather in their cap. Let's be honest. I mean, Oh, they're going to, the, the New York times is already, well, the New York times is probably laying people off, but wherever these kids are going to have good jobs. Yeah. And and but yet at considerable risk to themselves because this couldn't have been popular. And, you know, yeah. I don't know the size of 
these journalism students, but compared to a defensive lineman or offensive lineman, there could be problems if you ran into them in the wrong. Although it is Northwestern. You might, they, they might, <laughs> the journalists might be bigger. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so there was some risk for them both and socially, you know, social a lot risk, of, huge social risk. Yeah. Because they, they might have, you know, Northwestern students very angry at them for, for a small for, school. Yeah. And, and it's a school, too, where the athletes, which is actually one of the wonderful things about Northwestern, is that the student athletes at Northwestern are very much a part of the student community. Yeah, it's it's one of the it's one of the things. I mean, this it, the thing is, and it, what, what's heartbreaking about this, too, is if you had a kid, you you, you brought this up, you sign your to have your kid go to Northwestern to be a part of the Northwestern community. To play for Coach Fitz, who has been, you know, just like Coach Paterno, there's so many echoes of Coach Paterno in this, who is somebody. So I've actually, uh, this is would be a whole, we could do a whole podcast in this. I've done some, a lot of historical research on like the role that Joe Paterno played in the evolution of football and the, the strategy of getting right. us to where we are and, and, and just so much respect for him. But then also the horrific things that happened under his watch. And, and this is, almost worse because like that was a like very kind of isolated weird one criminal thing and this was the team yeah this was the whole team doing this stuff yeah and and it it just leaves us folks as we're talking here again it it just you know we kind of we're, we're we're discovering a little bit ourselves as you as you think through this and it it is something that um you wish had never happened because you would, you would, this football season is, is going to be one of the the great ones as it's the last year prior to USC and UCLA showing up. So um, next year's the great one. It will be next year. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, wait, you know, and, and Tony is a, a USC guy. So we got to give him, we got to give him his pride, his pride. By the, by the way, USC football team has started doing the freshman photo shoots in big 10 jerseys there we are that's that's the way it should be so um and 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 so you know it, it's just a season we would all prefer to be looking at you know as Illini fans we would like to be looking at that that Saturday game as a game that uh you know is against your arch rival you're you're there wanting to do everything you can to win that game you want to win it fair and square and you do want to win it by a lot yeah, but you don't want to win it against the bad news bears. Yes. You don't want to win it against whatever freshman didn't haze. Right. Um, I mean, I'll be interested. So I understand they have appointed their what their defensive coordinator or whatever as the like day-to-day liaison as they assess, I forget the phrase they use, as they, you know, determine who's what the team leadership will be for this season. I mean, I would guess if I think pragmatically, right? Like if I was in the athletic department staff there. Uh, and I don't know the degree of the accusations. So I don't, which is, is a very important thing to know. Right. But so I'm just, I'm just guessing here. I mean, I would guess that they try to find a way to limp through the season and then just replace everybody. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, Illinois has some um, experience with coach Beckman who lost his job um, for mistreatment of players, not on a scale anywhere approaching this. Um, and you know, he has been unable to really generate anything in terms of going back to the, the anywhere near where he was. No. And, and, and this will, this will be these coaches, this will be pretty bad for, because, you know, school again, when schools look at this school, the sexual assault on school premises is just a level that schools are not willing to encounter. So for example, if I was at USC and somebody said, oh, we've got the Northwestern, former Northwestern O-line coach, I'd be like, no, just no. Yeah, why, why bring that risk into the family? I don't want it. You, he thought it was okay. I don't want it. Right. Yeah, there, there, get another O-line coach. It's USC. We can get anybody. So, you know, I mean, that's the kind of thing. I mean, that this will be a problem. But at the same time, you know, you made your bed and you got to lay in it. Yeah. Yeah, no, and – you know, it is, it is. They, they just, didn't not know this was happening. I agree. I agree. And and like I said, we'll, we'll see the due process and, and, but when you're looking at 11 people who've already corroborated the story. 
Enough One, of the story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it, it's it's not it's not in debate. Yeah. It, and 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 you had you had you had lawyers crawling around there for six months. What's wild is that they tried to shove it off into a two week suspension. Well, does anybody lose their job over that? That's a real good question. I mean, and and so so President Schill, the other thing too is you and you, by the way, they they mucked up their last athletic director mess and they just got a they just have a brand new athletic director. So you got it, you have a fairly new athletic director already. Um, you mucked up your other one through some other through some other scandal. So you've got a mess. You have a brand new president who is probably very aligned with the board. Uh, I don't, are you familiar with the problems that they had with the president transition? No, I am not. Uh, so Morty Shapiro, my freshman econ teacher, who was amazing. Uh, it was Dean Shapiro at the time. Then he became President Williams and President Northwestern. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal president. Um, was retiring and Northwestern hired Becky Blank from who was the chancellor at Wisconsin and hired her like a year early. She was going to cut, you know, so she could do the whole like presidential transition over like a year, which was awesome. She was on the Big Ten board, which I think she was keeping her Big Ten board seat, you know, as she switched from Wisconsin yep. to Northwest. It was actually it was really cool. And, and tragically about a month before she was supposed to take over um, was diagnosed with a stunning, rapid, awful cancer and almost immediately passed away before taking over as president Northwestern. And so their number two from their president search was Dr. Schill or professor Schill. I think he's a PhD. I don't know. Uh, Michael Schill from Northwestern. He, who was the president of Oregon, or I'm sorry, from Oregon. He was the president of Oregon. And before that was Dean of the law school at U Chicago and at UCLA. Wow. So he came in like, I mean, we're talking like pack your bags and come today kind of a thing, which, which is why Oregon's presidential search was in such a lurch for almost a year. So he's only been on that job for eight months and, and has come in and, and again, Dean of the law school at Northwestern and or at, or at UChicago and UCLA. So he's not going to mess around with this. And I, I mean, this again, it's it's not a good time to be if he doesn't get caught up in it. Well, know. and I, I mean, he's so new. This has gone on for years, right? But the the, and, the lawyers yeah. have been there for six months. You got well, well. They said they so he has said in his in his letter to his letter today that or his letter this evening, right? That he only learned of the of the details, the full details over the weekend. Um, which, which makes sense, by the way, when you're at that level, like you have somebody come, the lawyers make a presentation and the lawyers probably said there was some evidence of hazing, blah, blah, blah. And again, you're, he's been at universities for his whole career, right? You've heard yeah, you hear hazing and he's seen fraternities get kicked off and probably, probably didn't appreciate how bad it was or how long it had gone on until those. And I, and I, and I love how you call them journalists instead of student journalists, because they are. They're yeah. full on. They're, they may be students, but they're full on journalists until the journalist from the the daily the what is it the day the Northwestern Daily or whatever it's called ripped out the details and the statement he wrote was really interesting. And a couple of my friends who work in very higher ed said they think he wrote that. This you know the midnight Saturday statement. Yeah. Um, in fact, one of my friends who does, works in higher ed said this sound, first of all, he's like, this was not written by a PR person, like at all. And second, he said this sound, and I, and I don't know about from the sentence structure or the words, but he said, this is written by a lawyer trying not to sound like a lawyer. Yeah. And I was like, you mean like Michael Schill, maybe? So, <laughs> it, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if that late night statement, if he wrote that himself, where he said, you know, we're reassessing the the penalty. And then of course today, I mean, you figured you figure they 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 made the decision quickly on set. They probably knew when they sent that statement out he was gonna have to go. And you you imagine they've been with the lawyers all day today because the school, the school is I mean, the school is gonna be writing checks from this. Oh goodness gracious. Make no yes. mistake. The school is gonna be writing big checks from this. So it's not good. And they have and they're also trying to build a brand new stadium with a whole bunch of nimbies like after them about it. So like none of, none of this is good. And, and they weren't good. They weren't going to be good at all anyway. So 
You know, my hope is that they rebuild. Right. Right. New team, new coaches. And in the era of the transfer portal, I mean, quite honestly, if you could dangle out Northwestern, be like, come to the Big Ten and rebuild North. And I don't know, you go out and get, let's think about somebody. Look, I mean, heck, look, look what Troy Taylor is doing at Stanford. Have you been following that? Yeah. Stanford is right now is the number 13 recruiting class in the country. Right. Like, but they may have gotten all, they may have gotten all the good athletes at the 1400. At the 1400 SAT level. They might have, but you know, go get them. Be like, Hey, are you a backup somewhere who really likes Shakespeare? Come to Northwest. (laughs) Dangle the Medill school. If you're a J school major, we'll get you, we'll put you in Medill. Uh, You know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they could do um to to try to rebuild that and and thankfully for the transfer portal you can maybe do that yeah see what dion's next step is after colorado okay the thought of dion at northwestern is <laughs> is both hysterical and scary and kind of awesome yeah i was gonna say because you you would all of a sudden you've got northwestern just crawling with incredible um athletes and a and a um an energy that nobody has ever seen before. I, would, I mean, I mean, I if I was like a really smart high school kid, Dion was Northwestern. You bet I'd go. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm with. You. I would totally do that. I love Dion. I mean, people. So you guys have seen us on our podcast. We often talk about like Colorado is not going to be good this year. Neither is Northwestern. Um, but I love Coach. I love Coach Prime, and I, I think he's a really neat guy. And I hope he has a lot of success. But you know, I'm loving this thought. That would be well, really fun. I, I tell you, as a longtime Cowboy fan, I I really was like, I, I was never thrilled with paying a cornerback that much money. But what you had to do when you watched the Cowboys over that era is it was amazing how one player could shut off a third of the football the field. field. And when yeah. they talk about these, like they, they talk about people being a cover corner. There has not been a cover corner since Dion retired because nobody, you know, okay. You know, maybe this guy shut out the the receiver that he was against. Dion didn't do that. Dion Close shut the field. off the field. Dion, <laughs> Dion and Woodson, those yeah. two. Well, yeah, Dion, it, Dion never hit like Woodson did. But um, I, I was amazed as a Cowboy fan, you know, because, again, I'm still saying that they didn't have to tie up that much money in yeah. one player. But for what he did on a field, I've never seen it before or since. Yeah, but, he's great. But, yeah, so anyway, so as we kind of close this off, what does the due process look like? And what do you think are – what if you're going to just speculate, we know that you don't – yeah, we're, we're purely concept. speculating here. I, yeah. I don't have any insight. So typically, again, in a school, so you have two questions. First of all, one of your questions is going to be, is there going to be a legal situation here? We got, we have sexual assault. Uh, my guess would be Northwestern being Northwestern, the details being very private, players being players. Uh, my guess would be that the legal stuff could probably be settled without prosecution charges. You know, and people can think that's right or wrong. It's probably debatable. But my my guess would be that they will get out of this without, you know, hazing prosecutions would would be, again, purely my guess. I I could be wrong. Right. So now you have an issue of the the school and and the team. And I mean, and they've done these interviews and stuff like that. Um, Now that this has happened, my guess would be you'll have a, a second round of whistleblower floodgates open now that he's gone and uh, the war path is on the finger pointing will start that's what that's what typically happens is they they closed ranks the players lied about it in a letter that they supposedly was signed by the entire football team which first of all i see the words entire football team i'm immediately skeptical yeah especially in a world of lawyers investigating yeah we knew that that was one of the moments where I was like, oh, this is not going to end well. <laughs> um, I, I've seen this from fraternities. Sign the entire fraternity. It, <laughs> you know it's going to blow up then. So, yeah, you'll pro- probably a lot of finger pointing back and forth. And then they will they will have to decide, you know, what's in the athletic department, what is going to go to s- the school judicial board. Um, I would guess you're going to have a lot of people transfer out. 
at the school's suggestion. So if you're a Northwestern fan, when you, by the way, when you hear so-and-so's transferring out, um, the odds are pretty good that they're being pushed out. Now you're also going to have predatory stuff. I mean, that's the sad thing is so whoever is still good on that team, you know, I mean, this, this is what, this is what killed Colorado, right? Colorado right. has some pretty good players. Yep. And today they all play for USC and Michigan and where, I don't know where else they all transferred. Uh, we got a couple of really good ones. And I was like, oh, that guy came from Colorado. Yeah. They're like, yeah, he was one of their two good players. Right. And and so, yeah, they'll probably, I mean, the, the players that are pretty good will all of a sudden find enticing offers because one of the other rules is you're able to transfer no penalty when the head coaching change. Right. We do got a head coaching think, change. Do you think there could be, um, like, for instance, if let's say you were a kid who's committed you know, to, to sign this November, you're going to graduate in 2024 in the spring, or you're going to graduate early and try to join the team. in in January, are you reopening your recruitment now? It depends. Will Troy Taylor or Mike Elko take my calls? <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming, I'm assuming if I'm going to Northwestern that I'm not good enough for USC or UCLA or Michigan. Um, so, so will Stanford or Duke take my calls? If so, I mean, cause you know, that, and this is the problem is you don't know right now who the new coaches we're assuming that, right. Uh, that they're going to have to do some kind of a patch. And my guess would be that they will close ranks. Now, if I was, if I like to say that if I was the president, if I was Dr. Schill, I would say, you know what? let's go hire a temporary staff and like imagine that I'm like cobbling together. We are Marshall or something. Right. Um, probably not what's actually going to happen. I would assume that what they will do is, I mean, there'll be some more firings, but whoever's left, they'll probably cobble this staff together and it'll be dead man walking until uh, the end of October. However, you know, then then you go out and, and if you you're Northwestern, if you do this right and you get Michael Schill and Pat Ryan together, I mean, I mean, this is the guy that hired uh, Mario and hired Dan Lanning. So, I mean, this is the guy who like who can hire good football coaches. So, my, you know, my guess would be maybe they go out and maybe you do it early. You, you know, maybe you hire a coach in waiting. I mean, what? One of the things, and I'm surprised this doesn't happen more often. Texas Tech did this with Joey McGuire. They hired him like mid-season. I mean, there were still a bunch of games to go. And they hired him mid-season. USC still had, what, two weeks on the season left when they hired Lincoln Riley? Um, or a year? Like, I, one of the things that sort of surprised me that the, the schools aren't doing is, like, doing more of this, like, you know, na name your coach when you get them and just, like, turn them loose and right off the season. So may maybe they'll do something like that. Well, I was uh, thinking former Navy coach, you know, uh, yeah. Numa, Numa, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to kill his last name, but yeah. Uh, Numa you bring him in. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's now the, uh, what, like the director of leadership at UCLA. UCLA. He'd be a great coach. Spectacular, you know, and, and you know that he, he understands what it's like to have to get a very rare breed of individual, because he was coaching at the Naval Academy and he was very successful. Yeah. I mean, he'd be a great, and, and you figure they're going to have to do a search, but I think that the first question they're going to ask is like, okay, do we, are we going to hire somebody right now? Or are we going to limp our way through till, you know, a, a, a hiring really for next year? Yeah. And then I, I would guess you want to, you, you know, one of the things that you like to do in sales is you could say, look, I don't know what happened with you and our company in the past, but I'm here now. So they probably want to wait and make that a clean break so that you're not. Cause it's going to be, and there's going to have, have to get rid of a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of bad stuff went on. I mean, if I, again, if I were them quite honest, I mean, if I, if I was advising them, I would just say, you know, Hey, everybody that works here today doesn't work here tomorrow. Yeah. You know, maybe a couple people to show us where the like how to turn the lights on, stick around for a year. Um, but just in general, I mean, they just anybody that was around that locker room, I don't want them working for me. Well, and you've it, it, that's a fair that's a fair thing because the locker room went so bad. 
Um, yeah. And then, of course, on what what people may not realize is Big Ten football media days start on um, July 26th. Yeah, July 26th. So you've got. Um, you know, I wouldn't go. That would be a way to think of it. I mean, to be honest with you. I wouldn't you. go. I mean, heck, is Klyakov even going to go to Pac-12 media days? I don't know. Yeah. At this rate? <laughs> yeah. The commissioner yeah. can skip. Yeah. Northwest, I mean, in, in, all, in all honesty, in all honesty, I would, I would, if I were Northwestern, I would not participate in media days. Yeah. Just, that's, I mean, it's just. There's no, there's no good, no, there's no good to be had from. There's no good to be had from making the young men answer about, you know, car wash dingling hit swing. Yeah. No, I, I just, yeah. no, there's no good to come from that. I mean, I guess you could do something if you were to, say, and I don't think you can even say this at media days, but like if you, if you were to say like all questions have to be about football. Right. Cause, cause my, the other thing, by the way, is everybody's going to have, it's also, it's Northwestern. Everybody's going to have lawyers. Every team, every athlete on that team is going to have an attorney. And they're going to say nothing about what went on. Right. So it's just going to be no comment, no comment, no comment. Every single athlete on that team is going to have an, a lawyer looking after their interests. <laughs> because because they're either worried about defending themselves or they're suing the school. Yeah. It's going to, no, you know, I, one, of, one of the two. So, they, so okay, so there's 150 lawyers involved. I just, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me to even go. So uh, as, a, as a final question then. What is there any ray of hope, any, you know, for the long-term good of the the Northwestern program? Can creative people with with you know a focus on developing young men, can they win the day here and in the long run make a stronger program? All right. Well, can we put our Machiavellian hats on for a minute? Sure. Let me let me here it is. I got it. Here it is. We got it. We'll put it on. <laughs> um Northwestern was in bad shape football wise. They last they, three years have been tough. It's been bad. And not getting better. Right. And they probably needed to make a change anyway. So they're making a change that needed to be made. Um now, this was not the way you wanted to make it, and this is gonna hit the players hard. But I mean, you you need it. I don't want to say I, I I hate to say this about awesome young men because here's the thing is I bet that I if I was trying to hire somebody that I would probably want any player in that in that Northwestern football team to work for me. They're probably great. They're great kids. I bet some of them made a mistake. Um, a, a lot of them probably hated what was going on, but they're great kids. And and so it sucks to say this, but and this was part of the same issue that Colorado had, by the way. Colorado had a lot of great kids who weren't good enough to play in the Pac-12. And Northwestern has a lot of great kids that aren't good enough to play in the Big Ten. At least as we've seen the last four years, basically. So, you know, you need a new team and you need new coaches. And you're gonna need a lot of lawyers. So do it right and make sure you get the right values at the it, beginning. It's so the right coach, right off. values, and you never go back. And, and 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 these are hard conversations. So I've actually had to sit in on a lot of these interviews, which we've done with fraternity kids. You know, when this stuff goes goes south, and we have to decide. I mean, I remember sitting. I remember something. One thing that sucked is I remember I was with a group at Texas Tech, and one of the kids who was most responsible for the bad stuff was unquestionably the best guy in the whole group. And he was emotionally wrecked about, you know, I, I, this, it just got out of hand and we should never have let it. And it was my responsibility and I failed. And I remember, and I, by the way, I thought most of the other group was just kind of worthless. Um, they, I was like, just kick them all out and start over. Yeah. And I was like, actually, I said the best, the best guy in the darn place is the guy who's responsible for this. Um, and so it's going to be hard. It's going to be sad, but, uh, and now it may come out that maybe this is not, somehow not as widespread as we think. I doubt it, but we'll have to see Yep, be a lot of transfers. Yeah. So the, um, the may, it's probably safe to say that the, the bottom has not been hit yet for Northwestern football. Um, 
and we'll have to see where where things go. Um, we will at Illini guys will be covering it. We um, will well we've got uh, uh, a Medill <laughs> graduate who's actually one of our former uh, writers. Oh, nice. So yeah, so we will we will be. Having, you guys know Medill. They're smart kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, and so. And by the way, they should be really proud. I uh, totally agree. And and Northwestern as a school, if you're a Northwestern alum, you should be proud as hell tonight of your students who uncovered this and brought this to light. And quite honestly, I, I think you should be proud of President Schill, who stood up and said, this is wrong and I'm taking charge and dealing with it. So this is a hard night for Northwestern fans. But I do think there's a lot for you guys to be proud of and you have a bright future. Yep. Yep. Well, we'll leave it at that. I tell you, thank you, Tony, for coming on. Thank you, Mike. Um, Go I. Yeah. Yeah. We will. Uh, we will be covering this again as it's one of the uh, it's basically one of Illinois' two rivals. So we, we feel like we need to cover it. Um, we like uh, Tony said, we may be laughing a little bit instead of crying. But, um, you know, we, we do want to hope that this ends up at the other side, wherever that may be, is a better place for Northwestern football. So uh, if you want to hold on one second, we'll be right back after these commercial uh, moments. Whether you live in Champaign or Chicago, halfway across this great nation or halfway across the planet, IlliniGuys.com keeps you in the know. Whether it's game results or what's going on in recruiting behind the scenes, IlliniGuys.com covers it. Only $99 a year, and you get a free seven-day trial to kick the tires. Go to IlliniGuys.com, click the register button that's right next to the seven-day free trial, and we'd love to have you as a subscriber. IlliniGuys.com. I'd like to thank Tony Altimore for being our guest this evening. Uh, he is a strategy consultant. He runs a fascinating Twitter feed. If you want to uh, get some ideas about uh, conference realignment, what the value of individual schools is and really take a lot of data from different points and kind of merge them together with sports. Tony is fantastic and he has PowerPoints that are just uh, fascinating to read. Go to at TJ Altimore. That's TJ A L T I M O R E. Uh, it is a good read and we really thank him for coming on tonight this is Mike Kegley, and I will tell you that uh, we will watch this uh, situation up north progress and hope that uh, on the other end, things come out positive, but it could be a long journey to get there. With that, folks, I'm going to say farewell and go Illini.